Decaholics, good afternoon and welcome to episode 147 of the Deacon and Co. Show. Am I too far gone? Well, the introduction there speaks for itself. All right, welcome in a new audience, old audience, missed you all. Apologize once again for the uh, mishap with the audio on the touchdown report last week while we were on the road, but that is fixed for this week, and don't worry, it's not going to happen again. So, uh, that being said, big episode here. Started off that way because it's the only way to start off. Um, just got back, last two stops of the first leg of the M72 Seasons Tour with Metallica, and it was nothing short of amazing. Trip of a lifetime. Uh, I got people that have been calling me for the last... X amount of days. Just got off the phone with a couple of my buddies who were just like, you're out of your mind. Like, you're just, you know, listen, big fans do big things, alright? And I'm not the biggest fan out there. And what it really comes down to is, as great as everything is with the socialized and everything that comes along with the Metallica family and the Metallica world, alright? Um, if I wasn't a part of that, which again, I am so grateful to be a part of that. If I wasn't, it all comes down to one thing always, and it's about the band, the love of the band. And um, despite that comment I just made about the um, socialization aspect of it, I'm going to rattle off some names in just a little while of all the people who I want to take time to thank uh, who made this uh, portion of my trip um, and my um, tour with Metallica amazing. Um, I've met so many great people, so many people that I've met along the way. Some of them are... Um, as you would say, just there for the moment and then there for their own reason as well. Uh, everybody's there for their own reason if you're there for the right reason. You know, you go to all these cities and there's fans that don't belong there and they have no idea why they're there and, you know, first timers and this and that. And that's great that you're seeing the band, man. But, um, you know, it's like you just you don't understand until you're a part of this. All right. And uh, it's even taken uh, nay a long time. Uh, before she can actually turn around now and say that she's an actual fan, um, big fan, you know. Uh, I don't, didn't think this was possible, but going on this tour made me an even bigger fan than I already was, uh, and it, it just is nuts. This is actually the second time I'm recording this episode. Um, I recorded it for you guys earlier, earlier um, in the morning, all right? Uh, so I had to actually go back and do this again, because of the information that I was given and some stuff that I had mentioned in there about the National Football League, which, of course, brief, brief topic today with our sports update. Couldn't be a Deacon and Co. show without a sports update. So that being said, let's get into it. Today, Saturday, the 18th of uh, November, or just one couple days away. I was about to say one week. Well, less than one week away from Thanksgiving. Next thing you know that we're going to be into the new year and rolling in, and, and we'll be back on tour again next year. Um, and a lot of updates that we got going on. But first, we have the... Big update for me. I, I just I think it's it's crazy that their uh, Metallica comes out and announces a partnership with uh, Wolverine Boots. Um, I would obviously pre-order them if you haven't already. I'm sure they're going to be sold out very quickly. Uh, I think it's great. I'm not going to get one. Be honest with you, because during this adventure, I I got two pairs of boots. Um, so third one is they're going to sit. I got a pair of cowboy boots when I was in Nashville, just because, and uh, a pair of Tim's that I was going to walk into the shows with. Couldn't, the St. Louis show, walking into it, it was very, very warm in St. Louis, and we'll get to that in just a bit. 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Our Thursday night football update here. All right. So Thursday night football here. All right. And, and this is this is how crazy the the National Football League is. It takes it's 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 one second and just destroys and and dismants the season for teams, especially now the. Baltimore Ravens hosted the Cincinnati Bengals 34 to 20 final for this game. Joe Joe Burrow out for the year now with season ending surgery on his wrist. Uh was sprained and he needed to do surgery on it as I guess it was a really bad sprain or even more than that or whatnot. So uh Bengals at this point I feel now are done. You have no Burrow, you have no team. Um I mean you have team, you have a lot of talent on that team and just don't have a guy like Burrow. You got teams that are in that division that are so stacked in front of you that you're not going to be able to catch now at four and six. And, you know, better luck next year to the Bengals. And uh, I didn't ride them off in the beginning like everybody else did. They had their four-game winning streak. Then it was snapped by Houston. I still didn't ride them off. Uh, this is team, especially you'll see the talent of what Joe Burrow brings uh, for this team is just unbelievable. Uh, so hopefully a speedy recovery to him and whatnot. So that being said, got some... Uh, College football going on today. Always big games going on. And uh, then we have uh, some hockey and basketball going on. Some early matinee games. Uh, obviously some college basketball going on. But 11 a.m., the Minnesota Wild traveling to play the Ottawa Senators. Vegas Golden Knights are playing the Philadelphia Flyers. 1 o'clock. 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. games coming up now. Chicago and Nashville. Edmonton and Tampa Bay. Then we have... Montreal playing Boston in the original six matchup. The New York Islanders in Calgary to play the Flames. Pittsburgh heading to Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. The New Jersey Devils are hosting the New York Rangers in the Hudson River rivalry. And as of recent um, endeavors with the Devils, the Rangers, uh, you know, this is a team that's, that just finds a way to beat the Rangers over the course of my lifetime. And it's just really, you know, it's really frustrating growing up being a, you know, a Rangers fan, being a Devils fan, loving Martin Brodeur, best goalie that ever lived. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, being a goalie myself uh, before I switched positions, uh, you know, it, it's like at some point, you know, it, it would be nice that walking into the playoffs now this year, the Rangers have to look at something along the lines of we've had a 2-0 lead in the last two series that we've had, and we've ended up on the losing side of both of those. Starts with tonight. Let's get the division wins in there. Arizona versus Winnipeg. Columbus is traveling to Washington. Colorado is playing Dallas, and this is probably the best game of the night. Seattle and Vancouver, St. Louis, and L.A. So, there you go. Uh, that's the slate for the NHL games. NBA, only a few. You got the Knicks playing the Charlotte Hornets. The Minnesota Wolves going to the New Orleans Pelicans. That seems like a real entertaining game, huh? Miami Heat playing the Chicago Bulls, Dallas Mavericks and the Milwaukee Bucks, Memphis Grizzlies and the San Antonio Spurs, and the Oklahoma City Thunder playing Golden State Warriors. Well, they just played the other night as well, and they, they were um, smacking and, and whatnot as well. So the crazy thing about that whole scenario there, and that's our sports update for today. Thank you all. So I've been doing a lot of crazy things, and I've been sitting there, and sitting at, uh, you know, um, at my kitchen table, and and I've been really, uh, you know, just like literally staring, like just at my walls, and I just just want to give a quick shout out to a couple people, and then we'll get more into um, the doc later on. But I want to just give a shout out to April Mancuso, um, and, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Doc. Uh, you guys have influenced me 
not only to just, you know, to, I don't want to say not be proud of being a fan, but like to be proud of the things that I have as a fan. So Doc, I went to visit him when I was uh, in Indiana. And we'll get to that in just a bit. Uh, Doc has the nicest man cave I, I have ever seen in my life. I mean, he's got vinyls, he's got toys, he's got statues, he's got comic books, he's got four or five different bands that he follows, like I do with Metallica, and everything is on the wall, perfect, framed, uh, commemorative pieces, everything. It's really, really well done. It's not by any means done. Doc has piles of things that are covered in plastic and everything that are all just very, very cool, very unique pieces. Um, so he's working on it. Works a lot. So obviously when he gets the time, he does it. So April, the same thing with a pretty amazing posters that she has. So you guys both, thank you, influenced me to come home and go on this rampage of framing the posters. So I had the idea of doing it, and then Nay got this idea and started with now her love now of posters, and she did the mad dash uh, to get these posters. So now it's like she now feels like what I've been trying to explain to everybody else of like going to a show is not just going to a show. You're going to a show, you got to line up and you got to pay your dues to get these things of going on the rail and waiting on the line to get the posters and everything else. So like having one of these things is very cherishable. So all of them are framed. All of them are up. I made it work. Everybody's there. So all four of the sports teams, everything looks great. Metallica is just growing. The whole there's a hall of Metallica, then the Metallica's in the kitchen, then Metallica has its own corner of the wall that took over now part of the Laker wall, so it's it's just more to it than just anybody can ever imagine now at this point or whatnot. So, um, fun fact of the day here, sure, it's National Princess Day, and it's Mickey Mouse's birthday. So, yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I really do. Uh, continuing on with the Met news, I try to break it up there for you. Two more shows were announced: uh, uh, the I Days in Milan on the 29th of May, and the Tons of Rock in Oslo in the 20 on the 26th of June uh, next year in Europe. So, yeah, it would be uh, pretty cool uh, to go to Milan. So we're gonna see what what happens from there, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be sick. Uh, definitely uh, happy to hear uh, that more shows are being announced. But it kind of now at this point cuts out for what we may see in the U.S. outside of the uh, tour dates that are already booked. But it is, <clears throat> excuse me, what it is. Um, let me see here. Let me just make sure. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much it for the Met news there for what I got for now. Obviously, if you guys are fifth members that are listening and again, welcoming in a new audience, um, then you guys already know most of this stuff as it is. So thought it was, uh, a lot of information, especially too, after the tournaments, you know, just keep going and just keeps coming at you. And that's the great thing about Metallica is they're not stopping. So, all right. So after that being said, Mickey Mouse's birthday, National Princess Day, uh, let's go right into our, uh, hot take here for me before I explain any of this uh, what was the better show for me all right well it, it's not really so much of a better show at this point because the band was amazing the band was incredible on every aspect of uh, both uh, cities but for me it's just <clears throat> excuse me again it, it, St. Louis was just magical um, I can't explain it to you um, of what I felt when I was there I can only describe to you and tell you what went down as I went there so 
Adventures in Deacon Land topic one is probably going to be our only topic for today because this is the first time that I did this. I ran uh, over an hour with this because I had to make sure that I spoke to uh, about everybody and that shared this experience with me and uh, that made this special for me. So again, I appreciate you all and um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode because this one uh, is, is really uh, my, my last two. Uh, this and the next one is for the fans. Uh, this is for the fans that were with me and next week is for Thanksgiving for all of my fans that I'm giving back to you guys with an amazing topic that was given to me by a uh, fellow decaholic. So uh, definitely, definitely think you guys are going to love this one and be blown away because it blew me away. So I, it just puzzled me on how something was described and we'll get into that next week. I don't want to give any spoilers. So here we go. Starting off, I decided here, <clears throat> coming from Long Island, driving to St. Louis, there's only one way to really do this. All right. So I'm leaving at 12 a.m. So GPS says it's going to be 15 and a half hours. Now, the hardest part of my trip ever, Decaholics, if you're not from here, then you know that, it, um, that you don't know, obviously, if you're not from here, that getting off the island is the hardest part because of how small and the traffic and how many people are there. So 12 o'clock at night, I was through Long Island, through New York, through New Jersey in a matter of two hours, which is amazing. So even with stopping for gas twice, not stopping and sitting down in a restaurant because there was nowhere really open at this time that's super early that I wanted to eat at. Um, so I made it there in 11 hours to St. Louis, which is great. We turned around, uh, got into the city, hung out. I uh, went to this place, Twin Peaks. It's a chain restaurant, but it, it's the way that each one is set up, um, from my understanding of what they were telling me in the restaurant itself, uh, was basically um, based upon your city. So I had some smoked wings that were probably the best wings I've ever had in my life. They really were amazing. Went over there to watch the Thursday night football game. Uh, asked him to put on a hockey game. The guy looked at me and laughed, and he was like, yeah, you're in the wrong part of the country to look for hockey there, even though they have the St. Louis Blues there, all right? It just was weird because there's so much college football and the NFL and Thursday night football and game day and everything going on. So I'm walking through the restaurant literally with my phone in my hand watching a Ranger game and uh, it was just nuts because when everything goes quiet I'm screaming when the Rangers score but meanwhile nobody knows why the fuck I'm screaming I'm just this maniac screaming so I'm not that much of a maniac believe me so um, Friday comes show day poster day go there early there's no line for anything I'm like oh man I don't know what's going on so now I turn around and um, basically I'm pulling around looking, asking everybody. I pull up to a cop going down a one-way street, and I asked him, where do you know where I line up for merch? And he was like, well, the trailer hasn't come yet. So went over. I parked in a parking lot, walked right over to a bunch of guys, and I said, hey, you guys on uh, line for merch? And they were like, yeah, there was maybe 10 people there. So I was the like 12th, 13th person online, whatever it was. Met some really cool people online. Um, and I want to give a quick shout-out here to Robert Boyle Sr., uh, one of the nicest guys ever, KC fan, spotted my Eagles tattoo right away, and we, him and I hit it off instantly. We're going to talk more about him. He's such a great guy. Um, and, you know, you turn around, you meet these people on the road, and you, you have a kind of a gist of a character of, like, of who is, you know, like, legit, who bullshits and whatnot, because, you know, like, you can just obviously tell in the conversations. They, they know what they're talking about, but they kind of don't know what they're talking about, so it was cool. Um, Robert is a really big Chiefs fan, so he started to harass me a little bit about, you know, about the Eagles, and and, and, and I just, you know, we were joking about it, and, you know, it, what it really comes down to is Monday night, uh, you know, uh, Eagles, Chiefs, I'm ready, all right, I normally don't do this, all right, um, of, of, 
pre-wearing things, but I had before when I recorded it the first time for you guys. I was decked out all in Eagles. Lakers are um, having having going through their struggles and whatnot too. Was was debating on what was going to go down and what I was going to wear for it. Uh, so, but today Florida State shits on because Knowles are there. So. Getting ready, obviously. It turns into Super Deacon in a little bit when the Ranger jersey comes on. So, <laughs> taking it from there, one day at a time. Game day is here. I'm ready for Monday night. So, you guys know how I feel about it. So, good luck to you, Robert. Game is in Kansas City, though. So, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to go off and, you know, give anything away of where I'm leaning toward. You guys will have to listen to the touchdown report for that. But, I'm sure you guys already did. So, we're on the merch line. Uh, couldn't believe that it opened up at like 11.45 a.m. Got a poster. And uh, it was cool because I was thinking to myself, like, you know, should I have Nago on there, grab another poster, and then have somebody come off the line that couldn't get one, or someone that I interacted with over the night that couldn't get one, and then give them the poster at cost. You know, I don't need to make any money off of these things. I mean, they're really stupid money. Some of the posters I've seen... They go on there for like seven fifty for the pair. The LA one's very expensive now. And and for those that don't know, um, or have forgotten, both sides of Friday and a Sunday make one complete framed picture uh, for both scenes. And it really is something amazing. All right, the St. Louis one I feel was really the best, and I was really fortunate to get both of them. Uh, and, and that was the only set that I was able to get because of, you know, how many people and obviously what it takes and the dedication to get this. So it is kind of a big deal to get one. So after that, I was able to get back to the hotel, take a nap, and it was definitely very much needed because I knew what was ahead of me in the next couple of days. We get over there and uh, walk in there at like 6, 6.15, 6.30, and Nay and I just walked right up. We didn't wait online for rail. We just walked right up and we got rail. And uh, so uh, right over there... Um, we're hanging out with April. Uh, then we got to meet some uh, other cool people. Erica, Leo, um, Hunter, Connor. Some of the MVPs for this story. Josh was with us. Also want to give a quick shout out to Liz, Colby, and David. What's up, guys? Hope you guys are well and everyone got home safe. Um, I got super excited when I seen Colby because I met Colby a couple of times. And the first time I met him was in the... the um, Hollywood show for Johnny and Marsha, the tribute show. So I met him, and I, I don't know, like, it was a weird setting because all the kids that were there were, like, really fucked up or all the people that were there, so we kind of moved away from them, and I ran into some other people I knew, and it was right before I started talking and meeting Eddie Trunk and everything. So um, I didn't get to speak with Colby briefly. Then uh, one of our other buddies, Guy, introduced us again, and he was, I was like, dude, didn't I meet you in Florida? And then just every time now, it's like every time we see each other, it's like got a big smile on my face. He's got a big smile on his face. Huge Metallica fan, and I uh, hope you guys, uh, Colby, hope you're doing well. Uh, so we turned around and, you know, hanging out there, and, and it was just cool because, like, you know, the vibe over there was really cool. And so it was just really a great show. So now here comes pick time. Got a couple of picks. Picks are going left and right. And everybody's flying. So now we're all rocking out. Hunter turns around and, and he shows Lars all night. Him and I have been showing Lars. I've been showing him my arm. And, and finally Lars catches on and he, and he sees that, that Hunter has a cliff tattoo right on his chest. And Hunter's got a lot of cool Metallica tattoos. He's got a lot of cool pieces. I'm hoping that he's going to connect them all to make them look sicker than they already are. But I really do like his pieces. Typically, I'm not a big fan 
of any type of um, art, whether it's Metallica or anything else, where it's these tiny little pieces and you're leaving the rest of your arm blank. It's 2023 now, almost 2024. I feel like everybody should be sleeved up, at least. And that's just the way I am. I'm not, you know, it makes sense when people say, oh, yeah, well, you got three fucking sleeves. Well, yeah, I do, but that's, if I, if you saw me 10 years ago and saw all the tattoos that I had, they didn't look good. I didn't like the way they looked, and now I think my tattoos look pretty good. So I'm really happy with everything. Big shout-outs to my buddy, Mr. Chris Mason, Livewire. Um, I'm going to see him next week, so it's going to be a, a reunion. So he's going to hear this, and then he's going to hear the whole story again. So he's, he's ready for it. He knows because this, this was crazy. So at the end of the night, everyone's rushing with picks. The people are starting to leave. The house lights come on. So Lars is walking by to walk up the stage. Hands Hunter a drumstick. Hunter's flipping out. Him and Connor are going ape shit. They move over. So now I move up to, and Nay's recording this. I move up. Lars comes down, walks down the stairs, slaps Lady Justice, my Injustice for All tap two, slaps her. Doris is looking around on my arm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> now points at me, fist bumps me, smiles at me, and then goes to hand me a drumstick. Now he, now, now everybody's coming to bum rush me right behind me. And they, it gets trampled over, falls to the ground, and then all of a sudden I pull, the he, Lars pulls the drumstick back and walks on the other side of the stage and gives it to somebody else. So I tweeted at him the next day, I was like, oh shit, like, and I'm, I don't even care at this point that I didn't get a drumstick. I'm more concerned with the fact that fucking Lars Ulrich just fucking interacted with me. So I'm, I'm on cloud nine, forget about the drumstick. So now I'm tweeting at him and whatnot, I go home, um, I'm happy, on the rail, got a poster, got pics from that night, like... I'm, I'm fucking happy, all right? Great show, right? Rocking out, everything. Met some great people. Now, I took everybody's number, all right? Um, and I turned around, and I I was like, I, I hit everybody up. I told them, this is the plan. So nobody else had early entry for Sunday. So I said, I'm going to go back. I'm going to get in there. Somehow, we're going to get on there, whatever the situation was, because I already had my own fear of Sunday. And I'll explain that in just a little bit to you guys. Um I'm like, I'll get everybody, we'll get back there, and we're going to do this again on Sunday because I had such an amazing time. Now, I've met people over the course of the Friday, and I've said, come back on Sunday. Some of them do, some of them don't. Some of them just are like, we came back for you or whatever it is. Now, look, I'm just a fan. You, you know what I mean? Like, again, I'm there for the band. Yes, it's great to be there. And, and despite, you might be like, yo, you're so contradicting right now with the whole situation of people and whatnot. It's not even so much that I want them to socialize. Is that when you watch a show with me, I want you to have an experience and I want you to have a good time. Especially if it's your first time seeing the band, right? And you know, I know obviously what to do or whatever the situation is. Uh, people that I travel with, all the people that I just shouted out, they already know what to do. They've been to shows before. So if you took away all of that stuff, I'm still going to be the same guy. I'm still going to rock out the same way. I'm still going to just do whatever James does and just to try to be that guy in that show at that moment that is the fan that they are looking for to see. Like, you know, they know for, you know, when they, when these guys saw, you know, the fans that are there and you got to recognize at certain points, there are other people that get recognized like this. Another one, big shout out to uh, a friend, Blue, that we met in Jersey, that we met again back here. Blue is hopefully going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. Maniac with stories. Stories that don't make your jaw drop, okay? She's telling me stories online that my mouth is just dropping. I'm not stoned. I'm just fucking in awe that you're telling me this. It's just unbelievable. So, 
when you turn around and you're dealing with this and the band is recognizing this, I'm in the right direction. All right. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to say to you now. So now here comes Saturday. Now, now we're going to take a break from Metallica for a second. Nay and I got a fucking eight and a half hour drive up to Minnesota because it's Rangers game night. So now Rangers game night, we got to drive, go to XL uh, Energy Arena, but I got to stop to check in a hotel in Iowa so I could split the trip up and stay in Iowa. Then we got to get five and a half hours back from Iowa to St. Louis for night two. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. Where's the vacation? There is none. This is the way Deacon and Nate roll. If we don't do it this way, we get bored. And it's just who we are as people. This is just the way that I trained myself. And now Nate loves the way that we do it. We go and we get so much done. If you're going the way and you can say, oh, yeah, well, we did this and we did that. Okay. I did something every fucking day, and that's what I did in August, too, because I wanted to coordinate the things that I love. I'm a mega fan on a lot of things. So for us to turn around and be able to get an opportunity like this to either go to the St. Louis Blues game, which was 15 minutes from our hotel, when neither one of us are a fan of the St. Louis Blues or the Montreal Canadiens, or I can drive two states up to go see the fucking Rangers, our team. We have season ticket holders, okay? So... There's a no fucking brainer of what we did. So we stop in Iowa, we go to check in a hotel, and at this point, I already know some of you that know me, all right, big shout outs to a couple of uh, big decoholics, big fans of the show here as well. Um, you turn around, okay, and you look at this aspect of this, all right, for everyone that knows my move, okay, all of you, this is the shout out for you, there's some nights where I just leave after a fucking show and get to the next city, so for me in my mind already, I'm not liking where I'm going, okay, when I get to Waterloo, Iowa, <laughs> so I turn around, and I'm like, all right, I gotta get some food, let's get some food, and we'll check into the hotel, or whatever, so we get some hibachi, best hibachi I ever had, all right, I love hibachi. Hibachi is my favorite type of restaurant to go out to eat to, and I, I discovered many ways now that we could have hibachi without having to sit at the table and have all the shenanigans. Not every place does that, so we had to sit at this place, and it was cool because they had the food was just amazing. Everything there was just it, I I can't explain it to you. I would never think that Iowa had that. Okay, everything was so fresh. It was cooked perfectly. Everything was great. Now I go to the hotel. After waiting, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm used to things like sit like fast. Got patience, but I put in my drink order. I put an appetizer. Next thing I know, it's an hour later. I got to get somewhere, okay? And if I didn't leave early and make good timing, okay, then I would have never turned around and been able to wait this hour to get fucking food. So now I turn around and I'm like, I go up to the guy. I'm like, can I get my food to go? Or, you know, they came in, they cooked ours quick or whatever. Ate, got out of there. Go to check in their hotel. Now, Ned goes into the hotel to get the key, I'm outside in the car, I'm putting ice in the cooler, I'm draining the water out, and, uh, you know, switching, putting waters in and everything, so, lady comes up to me, like, probably seven or eight months pregnant, with a fucking crack pipe in her mouth, asking me for a lighter to smoke her crack, and if I had any extra change to spare, they calls me on a phone while I'm in, outside doing, dealing with fucking crack baby, and turns around and says to me, can you come inside? And I'm like, oh, shit. So I come inside, and there's five guys that are hazing nay. As soon as I walk in, they scatter. And I'm not a tough guy, all right, by any means. I got stories that are coming on later on in, 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 the, in the episode that will maybe say differently, but I'm really not. I respect everybody, and if, if I like you, I like you. If I don't, then I try to avoid you at all costs because it's not going to end up good for either one of us. So when... 
people see, I don't know what they saw, whatever. I, I came in and they got the key. I knew at that moment that we were not going back to that hotel. So we get into uh, the city of Minnesota, taking the back roads. There's all snow and shit there already. I'm like, wow, man, this is crazy. It was cool. Very, um, very nerve wracking. All right. I, I, I always said to myself, like, it, it looked like something out of Jeepers Creepers. Now, I know Jeepers Creepers was, uh, was supposed to be about Florida and it was supposed to be seen in Florida. But I'm telling you, man, this shit looked exactly like, like Jeepers Creepers. All right. So that's not what I'm used to. So I got into Minnesota. Everything's under construction. I think the city is nice. I, I think it's. I think it has potential uh, when the construction is done and everything. But it seems like in middle America that everywhere is kind of like um, under construction. So we got into the stadium. It's fifteen or ten or twelve bucks to park. Literally walked up uh, and uh, walked up a set of stairs. Went into an elevator, went up four floors, we're across the street from the venue. The venue is beautiful. I really loved it. Everything in the venue, the food in the venue was very, like, very fair priced. The food was amazing inside the venue. Didn't really have much. Just had a sliced pizza and uh, I don't forget what else we had or whatever. But it was just great. So I turned around and, you know, there's a lot of Ranger fans there. So I feel pretty comfortable with being able to run my mouth. Now, when I go on the road for a sporting event, I'm not only going to tell you if you did something wrong, if your team, I'm like, oh man, you can't do that, you tripped them, whatever it is. But I'm going to call out my own team. So if I do stuff like that, then people know that I'm not this just jerk-off fan. Obviously, with a heavy accent, we know where this guy's from, ready to cause a problem, because that's not really how it was. But kind of seemed like that way when we first got down. So now I'm four rows on the ice. I got a fucking huge-ass sign, and I never go into hockey games with signs. But I wanted to know, and I haven't got a chance to look at it yet, because I, I will. It's on record, but I will. Um, I had two people tell me that they're pretty sure they saw me, because I was jumping up and everything. But I had a sign that says, MSG, I am here in Minnesota for NYR, and St. Louis and Detroit for Metallica. And then on the other side, it said, Sam and Joe, Deacon's here from New York, for NYR and Metallica. And uh, so hopefully one of it got, one side got shown, or, or if any at all or whatever. But I stood up every commercial, every inter every stoppage for like the first period and a half. And I had this fucking thing going up and down. And people were just like, it was nuts. People were saying shit to me and I was just waving, blowing them kisses. Rangers were up 3 nothing in the first start of the game. So every justification and action that I had was just working to my advantage right now. Rangers are on the road. I'm very quiet. I'm very humble because I know what could potentially happen. Okay. So I turn around and we're before the game even starts, the national anthem comes on. And if you're a Ranger fan, and have you ever been to Madison square garden, then you know what fans do during the national anthem. Now I love my country Nothing. I have, will always stand up for my country, but there are certain things that I've grown up with, certain tech, you know, um, customs, especially during sports, that I that I believe in. That if they're not done, are superstitious or whatever it is, and that includes pretending that I'm Mister Rogers on game day and changing my fucking jersey three times if that's how many times it needs to be changed. So, national anthem comes on in the Rockets' red glare. All I, all you hear is me scream out of nowhere. And this is done at Madison Square Garden. Let's go, Rangers! Now, <laughs> my voice echoes. The Rangers bench hears me. The Minnesota Wild bench hears me. And all you can hear in the stadium is... <sighs> and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We don't do that here. I'm sorry. I guess we don't do that here. <laughs> oh, man. At that moment on, I was public enemy number one. 
And it was just crazy because I really didn't do anything out of line. I didn't curse any of the players. I didn't do anything because that's not who I am. I'm not going to do that, especially if you got kids around, okay? So, Rangers now up 3 nothing. All of a sudden, Nay shows me something on the phone. She goes, look at the line of this game. Now, that's when you got to know, all right, that the person you love loves you back. When you can turn around, she can turn around and say, hey, D, look at this fucking line of this game. So I said, how much do you trust me? Now, we weren't drinking, weren't doing anything, you know, we usual, smoke a couple joints, walk into places, that's how I roll, that's how I keep calm, okay? So, you turn around, and I looked at this thing, and I know this team very, 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 very well, okay? So, it says that the Minnesota Wilds are plus 850. I said, man, I want you to trust me. And she's like, uh, what? And I'm like, you got it, you got it. I can't hear anything right now, all right? You just got to believe and you got to trust me. Got to put $1,000 right now on Minnesota to come back and win this game. And she's like, right, no fucking way. I'm like, look, you got to trust me, okay? So we turn around and she does it. We go to hit the button and she's like, she's shaking a little bit. Nay's never bet that kind of money, okay? So she presses the button. And all of a sudden, it comes up and goes, we're sorry, your bet cannot be placed because Minnesota does not allow sports gambling. Decaholics, what do you think the next day I'm going to tell you is? The Wild came back and won the game 5-4 after the Rangers had a 3-0 lead in the first fucking period, and we couldn't get the bet in. You do the math. For every $100, and if the Wild won, you get back eight fifty. Had a 1000 on that bet. Oh, does that hurt? Does that fucking hurt, okay? So now Rangers are down 4-3. Chris Kreider ties the game 4-4. We go to overtime. Overtime ends. We're going to a shootout. I go, Nay, let's go. We're getting out of here. So we left. Rangers lost. Not a fake fan. No even no reason for that. Rangers tattoo is right on my chest, okay? Um, just don't need to deal with your fans. You know, definitely getting arrested if somebody's taking a swing after we blew a three nothing lead and they say something stupid like get the fuck out of here, like, you know, not that's not good. So number one goal when we go on the road, is get the win. Number two goal, protect Nay and get the fuck out of there at all costs. So Get back in the car, right back on the road. Now we're heading down to St. Louis. And they gets the breaking news that we are not going back to the hotel in Iowa. So we're going down. We made it back 4.30 in the morning. Deacon and A style, you know, it doesn't matter. Just get in the car and fucking drive. Blast Metallica. Um, but it was great because Nay and I actually stood up, like, well, obviously stood up because we're driving, but we had a great conversation on the way back down. So that morning we go straight to the stadium, we sleep for like three hours when we get back, wake up at seven o'clock, we go to the fucking venue and it is bananas over there already. The merch line is fucking around the corner down the street where the pimps, the prostitutes, and the drug lords meet. It was fucking so huge that I was like, oh man. So now I'm getting anxiety. Now... Got a couple of MVPs on this story for this next day, but uh, I have a co-MVP, and I have a fucking MVP, and my MVP is Nay, and Nay turned around, and Nay said, all right, well, listen, she goes, you gotta calm down, it's game day, I know already, it's the biggest game of the year, she goes, this is what I want you to do, we're gonna go back to the hotel, we're gonna take a shower, we're gonna get changed, and I'm like, okay. She goes, you're going to drop me back off at the venue. I'm going to wait online to get rail. I'm going to wait and grab a poster. And you're going to go to a bar, park the car, and you're going to go watch the game. And you're going to come back right before Metallica's coming on stage. 
I just at that moment, I've never left Nay alone like that in the stadium where she was going to be alone without me. Yes, we got our friends. Yes, we got people that we're that we hang out with. Okay, um, but what it comes down to is, I was a little worried. So the night prior on Friday, the prior show, not the night prior because that would be Saturday. Uh, I couldn't get any reception in there, so I said, "Let me try this first. It was really a selfless thing that she did, um, and and she's been full of selfless acts during this whole tour. We're giving up her chance to get in the snake pit the first time, and many many different things that she's done along this path of this tour. All right, so she we got online, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, but we I never lost service. And they ran." Out did the mad dash, grabbed the poster, came back, and we got everybody. Now here comes Connor, here comes Hunter. Cause I texted every year, I got the spot. So now we got all the crew over there, all the guys, uh, Leo and Erica. Uh, funny, 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 funny fucking people. Um, pigtails, can't forget about her because I don't know her real name, but she was wearing pigtails that night. One of the coolest people. She travels to every show. Um, so that's what I nicknamed her, is Pigtails. So we're there, and I told everybody the story about what happened with Lars. So I said, listen, I said, Lars comes over here at the end. I said, I'm going to slide over, and I'm going to try to get this drumstick tonight. So it was cool. Ended up getting one. But not only that, is there's a lot of things that go on during a show, all right? And this may sound really, really selfish here, all right? But think about what I'm saying, all right? It's all about the kids, all right? There's a lot of experiences that I can't explain um, or how many times that I hear something like, oh, man, like, you know, his father just took him to a game or his father just took him to his first Metallica concert and then, you know, um, Satan forbid that you hear that the father is no longer with us and that kid has that only that memory. So anytime that I see kids around me, all right, and Sunday was my night to be fucked up, all right? So because I had to do the long drive on Saturday, I stayed sober on Friday night, so I was ready to go. So now... We get in there, and I'm, I don't know this at first, and I turn around, and I'm, and I'm um, watching the game, the Eagles score, and I turn around, and you guys heard this story on the touchdown report. Um, I'm going to tell it again briefly. So I turn around as the Eagles score, all right? I yell out, how about them Cowboys? And all of a sudden, all these people just started cheering, cheering, or whatever. They were like, and I waited for the complete silence to stop, and I turned around, and my comment was, yeah, the Eagles just scored. Fuck Dallas. And you could hear the gasps. Like I just assassinated somebody in the room. The fucking air was gone. And it was just unreal. And it just set the tone for the rest of my night. Now I can't do the trifecta. Because now I turn around and I've got everything that's going on around me. Trying to still maintain what I'm doing for uh, the show. Keeping an eye on everybody else. Because that was what our deal was. Everybody in our group was keeping everybody safe. So we turn around and, you know, we got the, got the kids around us and I put the kids up to the rail for that experience that they have to be on the rail. All right. And some people may turn around and say, you know what, fuck the kids, let them pay their dues. And I heard this a few times on the Metallica line. So it wasn't even just a matter of like, fuck the kids. It was like, I felt like at this point, like now there was something going on in the atmosphere in that night, that whole weekend. So now the kids turned around and got to the front, 
um, if you, the band sees the kids, they're going to come over to you and they're going to give you more shit. And that's, that, that may be the selfish aspect of it, of why I don't mind when the kids are in the front or whatever it is. Um, at a certain point, though, I'll be like, yeah, hop up for a few songs or whatever it is, and then obviously I'm going back. So, right, right as we're going and watching the game, our, our friends Erica and Leo are sitting there and they're trying to get a kid up to the rail. And there's this girl there who is like really super friendly to me, all right? But she was just really a bitch in general, all right? So she turned around and uh, Erica said, can you get the kid up there? And like, you know, I always tell you, I just gave you a story about not being a tough guy. It's part of a reason why you don't be a tough guy. I, in a sense, unless you really have to take a swing first, you really never should take a swing first. You don't know who that other person is. There's always somebody out there who's bigger, badder than you that will fuck you up eventually at one point. And this girl, uh, who was not there for Metallica, uh, took a swing at Erica, and Erica just went ape shit. That was the chick that you do not fuck with, all right? She turned around, she ripped half the girl's fucking hair out, and just got her. So I started fucking pounding her broke it up or whatever, and she was worried about security, and I was like, listen, I got security, don't worry about it, they're not going to do anything to you, I told them exactly what happened, they took the girl out who was rocking for a five-finger death punch, and threw her out of the fucking concert, and it sucks because her guy that she was with, all right, didn't know what the fuck to do, he just stood there and watched it instead of even breaking it up, and he was there for Metallica, she wasn't, so with that, with those two gone, Opened up the spot for those guys, too, to get right on the rail. So now here we go. We're rocking out. Show's going on. Everything's going on. Eagles win. A shitload of fucking money was hit that night. And a great mood. And all of a sudden now we're rocking out. And Nay's got this film, all right, of all of us just rocking because Nay's right behind us. We're on the rail. Hunter, me, Connor, Erica, Leo. And uh, you can see us right there. And all of a sudden the camera crew comes over to us during King Nothing and starts fucking filming us, and I have not banged harder at a fucking song this actual weekend than I did for Ride the Lightning and for fucking King Nothing. And we're on the Instagram video. We're at the 426 mark. And again, a shout out to Connor and, and to Hunter. You guys are two of the coolest people that I've ever got to meet traveling to see the band. Minnesota next year, you guys better be ready. I can't wait to see you guys again. And without you guys, man, I don't know if I could have had the great experience that I had in St. Louis. Love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And as I, t I told them, like, literally, I told them everything I was doing. They were like, yo, this guy's a maniac. He became friends with me instantly. Like, yo, this guy's literally in St. Louis driving up to Minnesota, coming back the next day. They gave me free cards at the at the, the thing. They weren't going to give it to me. But I knew instantly when the guys told me where they were from, I said, Nay, make sure you take one of those cards because I'm going to give them to Connor and I'm going to give them to Hunter because I'm obviously I'm not a Minnesota Wild fan. Sometimes when you go on the road, they don't give you that shit. So, nevertheless, we're on the, we're on the fucking... the the uh, the. Instagram for King Nothing. You can go on YouTube, type in King Nothing Metallica 2023. St. Louis will come right up. 426 marks, you'll see us fucking rocking out, man. It was just insane. So now we turn around, end of the show, we end up getting a stick. And just thank you so much for Hunter 2 of, of everything else, of how everything went down in that, that whole weekend. But now, not even before that, before we get the stick after the house lights and everything else come on, we're dealing with security in St. Louis that was really crossing the line. Now, the balls came down um, during Whiskey in a Jar, and there was kids that were walking up to us. And, like, you're not... This is where, like, it comes becomes tricky, okay? So you're turning around, and you're basically just... Um, 
you know, kids come up to me like, hey, can we have a ball? Can you get us a ball? And I'm like, every stop that I've gone to, okay, somebody is, uh, that I've been with has gone home with multiple, at least one ball, multiple in some cases, and everybody's got a drumstick. Hunter got one the other night on Friday night. I got one Sunday night. And then they got some balls and everything else too. Um, it was just crazy because now underneath us getting the balls and we're getting the balls, we're pulling them out, we're trying to get them down. And this, you got to imagine this with what I'm going through when everybody else is sober, I'm trying to get these balls and it's like, oh, all right. So now we turn around and we're pushing down on the, on the balls. Security comes out of nowhere and fucking takes a swing at one of the balls to get us to stop. But little do they know there's a handicapped child underneath this fucking ball. So, of course, we're fucking ape shit. Reported this guy, hopefully, that he's fired from the company. And you can't have that, dude. It was all about the kids. And that was the point of it being there. And it was all about the kids. Now, I told you we're going to talk about more about my buddy, Robert Boyle Sr. Because, again, he also feels it's all about the kids. Um, guy was super cool when I met him. I told you guys online. I'm going to give people my number if you weren't super cool. And um, I ran into him on Sunday. I told him, I said, hey, dude, do you mind if I hop in front of you? And he's like, listen, he goes, I don't think it's a good idea because of how how crazy the line is. And that was our that was our goal of whoever gets there first or whatever it was. So Robert wasn't a dick about it. He was just like, "I'm uh, uh, my son's on the frantic line. He goes, when he gets in, um, I'll see if I can get you a poster. So I said, uh, well, that's cool. I really appreciate that. I said, you know, my wife is going to try to get one as well. And um, if you could turn around, you can, you know, uh, get me one. That would be really great. So now we kept in touch, right? You know, now he's he's on his, he's in the rail, you know, doing his thing on the other side. And there is a uh, special needs kid in a wheelchair who Robert pushed up and put to the front of the stage. And it was just one of the coolest stories I've ever heard to make this kid's day that Robert not only did that, but there were also a bunch of screaming fans for Ice Nine Kills, and he moved back and let nine girls go to the front on rail um, to see that. And, and that's what it's all about. It's all about giving back, and this is these are the people that I would want to be involved with, okay? The people that I was traveling with, the people that I go to shows with, we don't always get to go on the same spot on the same, you know, where we're there. We hang out on the line, but again, like I said, it's not a social thing for me. So wherever I land and wherever I'm comfortable is where I'm going to be. I don't text really during the show. I don't, you know, I after the show is different. And most of the time, I'm just trying to get the fuck out of there. So really, really touched me when I heard the story. So now we're getting back to the hotel, all right? And uh, we, we get out of there, say goodbye to everybody. We're walking back. And, you know... You got to worry about you getting out of there safe and everything, of course, because it's a city. It's not really a good one. Um, but so we're getting out of there and had uh, uh, ran into a couple that was in the same parking lot as us who had a flat tire. We're trying to help them for a bit. We couldn't help them. So we, we're on the way back to the hotel, and I, and I got a missed call from Robert. And I called him back, and I was like, hey, what's up, dude? He texted me. He's like, hey, did you get a poster? He's like, I, I was able to grab an extra one for you if I want. And again, this is, this is someone that I just met. And I recognized somebody who was a real guy who realized that, like, listen, this is a big fan. And I said the same thing. If you don't get one, let me, I'll try to do my best to get one. And um, even when we were on the line the first day, I was like, hey, you can come in front of me. And he's like, nah, looking at the stack. He's like, I'm good over here, you know. So I, I always appreciate people like Robert. And, and I'm so grateful to have met you. And, and Robert, I, I, you know, I hope you and your son had a great time, which I'm sure you did. And I definitely look forward uh, to getting to see you guys at another show because we already know that's going to happen as well. But just to hear stories like that, man, like I said, it's all about the kids 
my end of it, one reason was a good reason, the other reason was a selfish reason, and I'm not afraid or ashamed to admit that I'll use a kid to get a pick. Sorry, but, you know, it is what it is. But still, I'm not going to turn around and tell a kid to get away from me or get out of here or, you know, move a kid away. Like, I actually move over. I had a situation on the Friday night where I actually took a kid's camera and recorded it over the people that got into the fight with Erica because they were just too tall, and the parents, like, tapped me, and were like, oh, thank you so much, and all this. That's what it's all about, man, and we're all here for the band, and if you're here for the right reasons, then you're a friend of mine, and that's really what it comes down to. So, super magical, St. Louis, thank you, you know, again, to everybody uh, who made that uh, possible for me to have that experience, uh, you know, of just having a great show. Uh, there were a couple of shows that we had on this tour that weren't great, and, and not everyone's going to be great, you know, uh, but 79 shows, uh, my 80th one will be next year in Boston, and, and it's going to be amazing, you know, and I'm going to keep seeing the band uh, as long as I can, and as long as they're performing, and I hope I continue to get to meet great people like this. Um, this one, as we already knew, was going to be a little bit of a longer episode there, guys, so we're going to get into it now. For the next adventure. So the next morning, woke up and uh, headed up to Indianapolis. Got to hang out with Doc and his wife, uh, Lindsay. Big shout outs to them. Took me to a really cool wing place who had amazing wings. All right. I said to Doc, and there were some days where I didn't eat on this trip. And, and, and Doc is a witness to this. All right. So I said to him, uh, I normally have wings once a week on Sunday. Uh, in 11 days, I'm going to end up having wings four times. I had wings four times in 11 days. I came home, I still lost nine pounds. So I don't know, maybe it was on the top that I just fucking where I wasn't eating for the other meals or whatever the situation was. But these were incredible as well. Um, that could have been my hot take, but only Nay and I would have known what that meant of which city had the better wings. Because uh, you guys didn't get to taste them, but I, I hope that you do one day. Uh, so... Get up there, hang out with Doc, get to see Doc's house, neighborhood, all that stuff is so cool. Um, you know, so I, I hearing the you know, shout outs to everybody here. There's you know, I, I expect now that I meet you and this is a lot of pressure as a friend here, uh or or not really. You know, you could take it either way, whatever you want from this comment. But as as somebody that I give my number to on the road, I, I expect now I keep in contact with you and uh, you know, be a friend. That that's what you know, we're all about. Again, falling under the category of non socialization. This guy's out of his mind. He keeps talking about not wanting to socialize, but he's looking for friends. It's not like that. When the show comes on, you know what I'm talking about, Metallica fans. The real fans know. We're not there to fucking sit with you and chat with you to show. The show comes on, I'm focused, hyper-focused, I'm ready, high, whatever the situation is for that particular show, I'm ready, you know? So that's what I mean by not socialize. Also, what I mean is because of how many crazy things and adventures that I pack in a vacation, I may not get a chance to go to the book signings like everybody else did. So I believe in the instant karma that I didn't get to meet James Hetfield the two days in between the shows for the book signings. And that's why I did get to have the interaction with Lars. During the King Nothing video, when we were on the video prior to that, and it's cool because of Nay's angle that she has. I wish that I could put it up for you guys so you could see uh, the video that Metallica has and the video that Nay has. It's actually a lot better, uh, everything-wise. Uh, like shooting the camera in person, everything. You can see us rocking out more, um, obviously, uh, because we're, she's right behind us, but so are the camera people. So it was just so weird. But anyway, so... You know, coming coming down to it, you know, like I said, you know, it's just one of those scenarios there where it, you're living in a dream, you're living there, you're living there for that moment. So now I'm looking around, I'm rocking out, 
James looks over at me. Everybody else, I think I forget who it was. If if if, if it was Kirk or or if it was him, who was throwing picks over, and people were going for the pick, and I look around, looks at me, smiles, and um, he was like, uh, on the mic, he said, and you can hear it too on the on the actual uh, on, on the recording there. I'm, I'm sure, if, I'm pretty sure Nate has it as well, where he was like, yeah, you, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh shit, so I'm like. He was talking to me because no one else is around. He's looking dead at me. So it was cool that I interacted with Lars, then James. Uh, and that's where we'll leave it at the St. Louis thing. So now, Monday Night Football, we go out with Doc and his wife. And uh, I took it easy on him, you know, because uh, I didn't know this is the first time that I'm hanging out with Doc's wife. Doc knows I'm a maniac. So he already knows. He knows what we can expect. But in, in Lindsay's defense, uh, I'm pretty sure she could have handled me on whatever level I was. But the reason why I didn't get out of control um, like with the game itself is because the game was already out of control by like the time that you turn around the Jets were already down 14 nothing I knew the Jets were losing that game the Chargers weren't losing that one so when you talk about things and you want to hear me yell and say the NFL is fixed how did the best team in the NFL the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Jets and then the Chargers come on and do what they did to the Jets it's just really just unbelievable so next night was pink in Indianapolis um Awesome, you know, and really that was just uh, up until that point, everything was just so great on the trip. Pink was amazing, had a crazy story, was inside of the uh, TD Bankerage house or brokerage house or something where the Indiana Pacers play. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. And so we turn around and, and we're in there, and, I, and I'm dressed in black Levi's, black Jordans, and uh, black Metallica shirt, cracked lettering, and on the back. It's got one, the first word of every album going right down the back of it. That's my favorite Metallica shirt. Uh, so I was wearing that. The guy walks in and he was like, yo, man, this ain't Metallica. And I looked at him and I was like, um, yeah, I know, the venue's too small. And he just cracked up and it was not, but nothing to take away from Pink. Pink was amazing. I wish I could travel and see Pink as well. So now I'm going to see Pink every time that she comes to my area, New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey, anywhere I'm going to see her because she was that amazing. So uh, my ideal situation for Pink now is I'm going to walk in there with a pink shirt on with uh, Metallica on the front of it and then turn around and have a sign because you can't bring signs in there because of the flying and stuff. So I'm going to find a way to get a sign on like a paper plate or something and hold it up and have it say, Pink Metallica, question mark. Imagine that. <coughs> Excuse me. Imagine that. The best of the best. Those two, I mean, just listen. I was blown away by Pink, okay? I'm telling you, she is incredible. And I think she played 22 or 23 songs. Pretty incredible that I, I knew every one of them except for one. So, and the other one that I, di that I didn't know or that I claimed I didn't know it was a scenario in which I heard a remix of it, so I didn't recognize the beat and everything from it. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Then we turned around and we made the biggest mistake that Nay and I have ever made. We went down to Nashville. We checked out everything in the surrounding areas, obviously, because, you know, we're trying to f figure out what to do to kill time in the week to get up to Detroit. So now we turn around, we go down to Nashville, and this was all planned. But the one thing that wasn't planned was that we didn't even account for the Country Music Awards. And it took over the city of Nashville... It was so crowded. It was so bad. We got a recommendation from a good friend of ours. The food was terrible at the place we went to. Got my cowboy boots, went back to the hotel. So now we take a nap. It's 5 o'clock. I get up, and I'm on the screen is Jeopardy. So it's so funny because it's like, what are the odds? And, of course, I took a picture of this. What are the odds that 
I'm in. I'm on tour with Metallica, following them on the last stop, and Jeopardy has a Metallica topic or Metallica category for that show. Thought it was fucking great, so I took a picture of it. Although only two of the five questions were actually about the band, and the other ones were about Metallics, um, it was still pretty cool or whatnot. So. We turn around and, and I get up and like I can't really see. It's really dark and the TV's off. I turn the TV off like an idiot. Um, and I turn around. I'm tripping over shoes and suitcases and shit. And I'm like, Nate, it's fucking dark. I can't even see. Like, where's the light in here? And she's lying on the bed. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, decoholics, the light comes on. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm like, all right. I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to go and I'm going to smoke a cigarette. And as I'm down going down in the elevator and going back up in the elevator and going back down in the elevator, three times this happened, separate times. I had to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. No drugs yet at this point. I heard voices. There was no system for speakers overhead. There was nothing on my phone. There was nobody. There was no rooms connected to behind the elevator. Nothing. The hotel was haunted. Now, I find it funny because I just spoke about this uh, last month when we did the horror specials about the 10 most haunted states and my experiences. Well, put another one on the belt. No bullshit. So at that moment, I went back upstairs and Nay and I went out in the car, hung out, uh, went to grab a, a milkshake from somewhere, hung out, and uh, we just listened to a couple of concerts, listened to some music in the car. Went back in there at like 4 o'clock in the morning after the witching hour and uh, went to sleep for a couple hours, got the fuck out of there. Grand Ole Opry the next day, it was great, it was awesome. Our tour guide was really funny, um, but it was like I knew that at, at a certain point, like she was kind of using me because like, you know, uh, certain people like, it's easier just to target people, I guess, to make them laugh if you have like kind of like a quiet group or whatever. So she's like, where are you from? And I'm like, New York. And she's like, ah, oh, okay. So every time she's like, so New York, what do you think about this? And she's like calling me out of the group and stuff. And I was like, I got one for you. And she was like, all right, just before, but just before you tell us what you want to say, she's like, this is where all the legends were made. And like in this one particular dressing room. And she was telling us about who's in there and this. So she turns around and she's like, She's like, if you listen closely, you guys can all hear the voices trapped inside the Grand Ole Opry. So I just started cracking up, and I was like, is that before or after the acid? And, like, everybody else started cracking up and everything, because I'm just like, yeah, I know you got to say that. I know it's scripted, but, yeah, it's really fucking funny the way you said it. So I I, uh, I told her, I said, hey, listen, I had a question for you, and I already I already knew this, and I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was trying to call her out or put her on the spot or, or anything like that. I said, has there been anybody that has not been a country music artist that has performed at the Grand Ole Opry? And she says, yeah, of course. And she was like, she gave me a list, and she said there was a few. Um, and then... All of a sudden, I said, uh, any any metal bands by any chance? And, you know, I walk in the Grand Ole Opry with the black Levi's on, my cowboy boots, sunglasses on, and a fucking Injustice for All t-shirt on. So she knows right now when I ask her this question if I if what I'm getting at. And she goes, well, I don't know if Metallica ever played there. And I was like, yeah, well, they did a cover song of Loretta Lynn, so I thought that was really great. And Pantera also played there a couple of years back. I thought it was really fucking great. So... It was cool. She Googled it, came up and everything. So it was really cool. And again, I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to ask a, a serious question um, that I didn't know the answer to how many other artists. I knew there was only a couple, you know, that, that had performed. 
uh, cool that Metallica did it. It makes sense, obviously, with the different sides of Metallica and Load and, and uh, whatnot. So, you know, it definitely would make sense that James Hetfield and Metallica has performed there. Uh, when you're inducted into the Grand Ole Opry uh, Hall of Fame or their club, um, they, you take a picture and you, you get indicted or inducted inside, uh, indicted, inducted um, uh, inside of a circle. And it was pretty cool because we got to take a picture there and stuff. So it was cool. After getting out, that's pretty much basically the haunt and all of the CMA has kind of ruined the Nashville experience. Might be different if I went there at a different time, but literally I looked at every single aspect that there was a concert, if there was movies, plays, anything, and just for whatever reason it slipped my mind because I never realized that the CMAs uh, are in this time of the year. Country music is not the country music that I like. It's not. You would think that going in the Opry, we have a lot of pictures and stuff, there were not a lot of pictures of like Waylon Jennings and George Jones and Hank Williams and like that's that's country music. That's the music that I like. I can't stand this fucking half pop shit. It's either your pop or your country. There's no cup pop, you know. Um, so not really um, crazy about it or whatnot. So so now uh, we're turning around. We're leaving now. We're going up to Detroit. Got an eight, eight and a half hour drive up to Detroit. And and again, this is where the disaster shit starts to happen or whatnot. So we're going up there and uh, we're 0 0.3 miles away from the exit that we got to get up to go toward Louisville to get up to Detroit. And there is a, a, an accident that blocks off every single lane. So now I if you ever have like a, in a highway or like uh, interstate where like they have dividers in there and it says like no U-turns and stuff like that because obviously if you make the U-turn you're gonna you're, you're, there's a good chance that you may cause an accident with oncoming traffic. Well, I drove up to this and I said to myself, well, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna drive myself bananas or I'm gonna try to do something about this because we gotta rest because it's gonna be a crazy weekend in Detroit. I can just feel it already. So we turned around and we ended up. Um, Thought we I decided, and he's like, whatever you got to do is fine. So every road is closed. So I made an illegal U-turn U -turn to get off there. That's the New Yorker in me. So I make the U-turn, and I get off, and I go around, and, and it was an hour and 10 minutes. And that hour and 10 minutes saved us because those guys didn't move for a very long time after that. Those cars that were stranded there when we were stuck there were all sitting there. The weird thing I thought about this was is that, like, all these guys that were I was driving by, that were coming back, they all were flipping me off, like beeping and flipping me off. You all could have done the same thing. You just didn't choose to do so, okay? There was nobody coming on the other way that you would have caused an accident. And if you really feel so strongly about being a citizen that you couldn't make an illegal U-turn, okay, then good for you. You really deserve to be, if there is a heaven, first one in fucking line. Here. <laughs> Round of applause to you. Thank you. Um, so now we turn around, we get into Detroit, to get up there. Detroit is just a shithole. The whole state is terrible. I hate it. Um, no offense to anybody that lives there, all right? Um, it, it was just really just a, a crazy, just fucking terrible experience. Uh, so exhausted from, from the staying up for the amount of time that we did, traveling, everything else, because now our eight-and-a-half-hour trip went up to about 10 or 12, all right? Uh, got to the hotel. We had reservations. There was a mistake on the other end. They didn't have it. The uh, Expedia didn't book it uh, for us, but we have a receipt. They booked it with us, not through them. There was a delay getting in. There was a flood. They wouldn't let us in. It was just. It was just. It was from start to finish. It was a disaster. It was. It was a fucking disaster. So, uh, the with the I disappear passes. You got to collect your tickets before eight thirty p.m. All right. I'm sorry. Eight thirty. Seven thirty p.m. We got to the arena at seven twenty-one. 
Uh, still landed pretty close. We just made it just in time. All right. And uh, it was rough. Friday night was rough. Friday night, walking down the stairs. There's like 50 stairs to get up and down. Uh, no bathrooms on the floor. So people were walking the wrong way because they were drunk. I told about 25 people to go fuck themselves. It was just, you could just tell the vibe was not there. Detroit was loud. Good show. Band was good. Um, got through the never. That was kind of cool. Um, and we'll talk about the set list next week uh, before our other good topic. Uh, and then, you know, you turn around, next day comes, getting ready for the next day, but now I got to worry about getting out of here, uh, get to the parking lot, sitting in a row of five, his middle car is us three, uh, two cars on each side of us have broken windows, homeless people, the dirt, the filth, the construction, everywhere you go in Michigan, there's not one place that I didn't go to, okay, that I turn around and um, that, that they, they did not have construction on the roads. Uh, so I got out of there, went to go to um, the Red Wings game, which was really incredible. Uh, we were in the Motor City Club, which is like an all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-drink um, all access, uh, which is right underneath the section of where you sit. Uh, it was really one of the most coolest things that we could experience. Very inexpensive when you leave New York. Um, it was great because each period they changed uh, different foods and everything else. It was, it was really just, it was really quite the experience. Terrible hockey game. 5-4 final. Detroit won. Um, people are, normally look at me with nine heads and I'd be like, uh, yeah, like that should be a good hockey game, right? No. Um, <laughs> it was uh, really just bad plays. A lot of penalties. It was just not two sloppy teams. Backups were in. So it is what it is. So then now brings us back now uh, down into Sunday. Getting on the rail. Big shout outs to a lot of people do right now. Hazmat Mike and Brandon. All right. Uh, wanted to give a shout out to Met Fan Mike, Metallica Fan Mike. Uh, April once again. Uh, my buddy Chris, David, Josh. Larry, and thank you all for sharing this experience with me. Uh, it was Chris's first show, so it was cool that I was able to share that experience with him. And uh, we definitely, definitely, I hope to uh, see you again at another show in the future. And uh, just really cool people from when I got around those people. And what I mean by that is it's a long day. So we're waiting on line at 12 o'clock, finally get in there. Chargers are playing the Lions. I'm walking around this stadium with my Chargers uh, beanie on. Nobody said a word to me. Um, it was a completely different vibe. Um, they cheered when the Lions scored. They cheered when the Lions win. They didn't fuck with me. It was cool. I appreciate that. And I didn't do anything to provoke the Lions fans because you guys, they don't know. But some of them now are decoholics. But I have a lot of respect for the Detroit Lions and I have a lot of respect for their team. And I do expect them to uh, win a playoff game this year. So I'm not going to say anything about a team who's a contender that walked into my stadium and, win and won. But hats off to the Chargers for making a comeback or whatever. So now, prior to that going on, I'm on there watching a Ranger game. I got the fucking Charger game on. I'm on the rail, sitting next to Hazmat Mike. And one of the coolest people I've ever got to experience uh, a show with. Uh, before... Uh, I nicknamed him the Candy Man. He came in with a huge sack of candy. He was just giving it out. And he's just really such a really friendly guy. He's probably been to a million shows. Um, I hope to see him again. I uh, hope that, uh, you know, we'll get to rock out again and whatnot. But uh, he's just one of those people. There's so much appreciation for security, for the band, and for everything and what goes through. Not, I don't know his background too much. I just know that uh, he was introduced to me through a friend. 
and we both had the same mutual feeling about if it's a friend of this one, then they're a friend of mine. So, to many more shows with Hazmat Mike. The reason why he's Hazmat Mike is because in Phoenix, when James Hetfield had COVID, the next show he came back with a hazmat suit on, like something you'd see out of Monsters, Inc. And uh, now he wears the yellow jacket that says hazmat team. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's really cool. Uh, very creative and clever. Um, so hope I wasn't too rough for you there, Mike. I had, had a rough go around. Mike was there for witness uh, to this as well with what had happened with these two clowns. But they went to go grab a poster. Uh, because we didn't, we didn't get one on the um, the outside and the inside when we first got in, they didn't have them. But there were stands all throughout the stadium where we could run and grab one. So Nay was able to grab one. Uh, and so in the meantime, I'm holding the rail down for us. And it's like, I'm sitting there and I'm telling these guys, I'm like, I'm holding a spot here. I told some other people very nicely. And then there's these people that come in. And a lot of people in middle America think they're really entitled to a lot of things. So I was holding the spot. And then Mike had to run in the bathroom, so I was holding his spot. And the whole time, he'd come back, and then I'd let up a little bit. So somebody hops in the rail, and I'm waiting for Nay and one other person that I'm holding the spot for. And I was like, dude, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to let you know the spot's already taken. And he's like, yeah, well, it's a free country. Go fuck yourself. So now I'm like, dude, I'm not going to ask you again. And I'm getting a little loud because I was nice about it the first time. Now you need to get the fuck out of here. And so as I'm leaving, he's just screaming like, oh, you're a fucking bitch or this. And I'm like, dude, you were right here in my face. You couldn't tell me that I was a bitch to my face. You got to walk around. Everybody's laughing because they know he's a bitch or whatever it is. So now there's some kids that come over. Nay's back. Nay had an experience uh, where she was walking down to one of the steps. Um, and it was like a one of those, I guess, pull-out pull out steps. Like as you would see like if you were at a school for like pull-out bleachers. Um, and she her, the corner of her shoe was pointed and she tripped over it. She's okay, luckily. Uh, no damage done too much. Just a little sore. And so we turned around and... Uh, you know, uh, this guy puts his coat down in between Nay. He's eyeballing our poster, and he's with two other kids. Now, I, I already knew off the bat this is going to be a problem here. So I turned around. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I don't feel like uh, holding my coat anymore. And I was like, all right, but you're you're in my spot, dude. So, like, your shit's in my way. Can you move your stuff, please? And he's like, man, fuck you. And he starts shaking. He starts doing all that. And I'm like, all right, now this is, is going to be a problem. So I take my hat off. I take my sunglasses Decoholics, you know, I don't take the sunglasses off, so you know shit's about to go down when the fucking sunglasses come off. So, turn around, I hand him the nay, and nay's already like, I'm already screaming now. And now I was like, dude, get the fuck out of my face, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, I'm really, and I would have fucked up him and his three buddies, he started to shake. And I was like, he started to walk away, and I walked away. And I told security, I was like, dude, listen, you got to throw me out of here. And I don't mean any disrespect. I'm at every single show. I'm on a rail. I said, David knows me. This one knows me. Name dropping. Um, David uh, was very helpful to Nadine and I in um, L.A. when we had the problem there. This is the manager security. Our shout-out for David is a uh, different shout-out. So, But they can both have shout-outs, you know. Um, but so... When I turned around and it was just one of those events where I was just like, everything that was happening right now is people being drunk and I don't want to deal with it and I'm going to get into a fight. So my apologies to anybody that was around me um, that, that saw all that. But then all these people kind of gravitated toward me and were walking up to Nadine and they were like, yeah, we're going to hang out with him because we feel safe over here. And it's like, I'm here, you know whatever told security was gonna happen so security's like uh yeah i wasn't gonna throw you out dude to be honest with you i was gonna fucking turn around and uh uh i was actually kind of hoping that you were gonna lay him out so then there was another guy that came over all right and he, he looks exactly like jason bateman 
Uh, his name is Josh. One of the coolest people ever, okay? And he's got a, got a Kill Em All shirt on, uh, but it's a Four Horsemen throwback original one. So we're, uh, we're hitting it off. He was telling me that, you know, his original show was there. And he's like, well, what would you have done? Uh, if you actually squared off with this kid because it looked like you were about to go. And I was like, well, thing is, I would have waited till he hit me first, uh, but I would have cracked his friends both in the fucking side of the jaw so that way they're on the ground picking up their teeth and then I'll deal with this fuck nut. So after that moment on, everybody just kind of gravitated. We all laughed, had a good time, ended up getting a couple of picks. Um, great show. Um, like I said, it was, uh, great to see everybody there, uh, you know, rocking out for the same reason. Uh, and, you know, really, just when it came down to it, got down, you know, we were bullshitted with, with some of the people that we met during the other two, uh, set lists. But when Metallica came on, it was all business, man. And, and it was great. So as we're, uh, going down, uh, Rob comes over fucking slaps me i got like four different videos of it it's so cool so i interacted with three out of the four members of the band my favorite being kirk hammond i did not get to interact with and it seemed like kirk was in a bad mood for these two cities like maybe he was over it or or whatever it was but nevertheless man thank you guys again hazmat mike chris uh josh david everybody who made night two awesome for me it was so cool i'm so grateful for all of you that got to share the experience with me and uh hope you guys uh enjoyed the experience with me as well um that was really it got out of the stadium got home uh made great timing left right after the show uh wasn't supposed to do that but had some other shit happen that i just couldn't deal with detroit anymore uh, issuing a weed store where I had medical marijuana card for both New York and California, and the guy was just not having any part of anybody coming in because he was hungover, didn't want to work, but he denied three customers, being me and one of them, so I'm like, alright, yeah, I'm just getting the fuck out of here, so, is what it was, is what it is, found some weed, it was alright, no worries, but, um, can't treat people like that, especially if it's a cash business, you had no idea that I was gonna go in there and drop two or three hundred dollars, asshole, so, yeah, good for your loss on that, um, and then made it home, finally into New York, took us three hours to get over to George Washington Bridge, and that was the fun, friendly welcome that we got, welcome back to New York, thank you so much for that, now, bringing us down to our genius of the week here, still a Deacon and Co show, even though we are doing great things here right now, so, now, this one is a funny one, and I always crack up at this one because I not always crack up. I just found out about this, so I shouldn't say it like that. But I do crack up, um, you know, when I read these, especially because, uh, you know, wasted is a good source to find um, wasted people who do wasted things. New Jersey janitor arrested after allegedly having sex with cafeteria food. Content may be disturbing, they say. Sure enough, right? All right, here we go. An elementary school janitor in New Jersey is facing multiple charges after he allegedly posted a video of himself having sex with food and you utensils in the cafeteria. <laughs> and additionally, the video captured M. Pelizari spraying bleach into a container of cucumbers that was later served to children at the school. <laughs> in many videos, it shows the man wiping his private parts with bread. He also spat on the bread before putting the food back into the container to later be served to the children. Wow. Wow, wow. DeaconAkosho at gmail.com. Let me know when the last time we had a fucked up genius like this that it's just, I had to say wow seven times. Um, 
I just need to know this. Now, you got to think outside the box here. There's got to be a reason why, yes, this man is sick. No, it is not funny that he's doing this to children. Yes, it is funny that people are out there doing stuff like this in my mind because you are out of your fucking mind. There's something seriously wrong with you, okay? Um, yeah, that's why you're a genius of the week. But I got to know how many of the children have parents that went to school with this janitor that told this guy that he would never amount to shit and this is his payback, money grabber. Yeah, okay? Yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing that crossed my mind. Maybe I should be a detective. But what revenge and what payback is this guy doing to these kids? Or if I'm 100% wrong and just jumping the conclusions, you got a couple pedophiles on your hands there, New Jersey school districts. Wow. Wow, wow. By the way, side note, huge fan of Fits and the Tantrums, just so you know. I really am. Love those guys. All right, let's go now. Rapping number one here. Most shocked that you didn't hear on the 72 Seasons Tour. One answer, one answer only, and that is last show in Detroit. Band could have done anything to switch it up, do something crazy for the fans on the last show. Not complaining. I'm not the band. Don't pick the set list, but I did expect to hear Turn the Page. Um, really, just just where it all started. Bob Seger from there. Didn't get it. Still loved hearing whiskey. Rapping number two here. One negative about leg one. The beach balls. Dude, they're a fucking problem. You got security guards taking fucking swings at kids to just to make sure people don't take them? Come on. And then you're selling used ones inside of the pop-up shop for 125 each? Dude, I got fucking 30 of them now. Everyone that I've gone to a show with has gotten one. Jesus Christ. Get rid of those fucking things. All right. Rapid number three here in our final rapid of the day. Four other acts. Who was the best? Easy for me. Uh, night two... Will you take Ice Nine, let them open up for Pantera, and then go on for Metallica? Mammoth and Five Finger Death Punch, they were good. They had some fans. Not my cup of tea. I don't like either one of them. Corner of Positivity. Um, we did something pretty remarkable, and I couldn't have done it without you. That is a direct quote from me to Nadine. Couldn't have done it without her. Um, Nadine was the rock. Nadine was the one who was selfless during this whole time. There were points where I was a whiny little bitch, and I'm the first person to admit that. But Nadine was the rock, and without her, we couldn't have got this whole thing done. Sponsorship by Deacon himself, but without Ned, we couldn't get it done. Um, that is it, man. That is going to do it for us. Once again, I want to say thank you to everybody uh, who I mentioned throughout during this episode. Thank you to my new audience. Thank you to my old audience. Thank you to everybody who has supported me since day one. Um, I can't, could not have done any of this without you. Uh, could not live the dream of, of coming on air each week and just showing how this band is the greatest band that ever lived and what they mean so much to me. And if you haven't seen them yet, I just got to say that you're ignorant. And the, if you don't get an opportunity to see them, make an opportunity. All these shows that I go to, I can tell you right now, that less than nine of them have been in New York. I've been traveled for the other 70 of them. So, yeah, don't want to hear the excuses. If you haven't seen them, 
that's on the next agenda to do. Um, I hope that you all have a great Thanksgiving. I'll be with you on Thursday for Thanksgiving for the Touchdown Report with Nay. Then I got our, my episode to all of the fans before we get start, started with some of these guests that are going to come on and blow you away with some of their stories and share their experiences again. And not just fans, but people who are doing great things and giving back to the community as well. And just going to love to hear your hear their perspectives and let you hear them as well and before i almost forgot can't believe i almost forgot this one very happy birthday to kirk the ripper hammett my favorite member of metallica uh, all the excitement going on <laughs> almost forgot that one that was a big one so enjoy ripper and until i want to say next year i don't know what time i'll see you again but hope you have a great day for everybody else, please follow me on the Maze of Social, Deacon and Coach Show, Instagram and Twitter, or X, Deacon and Coach Show at gmail.com if you'd like to leave a line. Enjoy game day tomorrow. Enjoy game day on Monday night. Maybe one for the ages, or it may be a bust. Who knows? But for now, Deacon is out.